The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgia's Fox. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. Well, it's a sad day to be a Yankee fan. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, so word just broke earlier today that Hank Steinbrenner, who's, I mean, I should have it pulled up, but, uh, you know, co-president of the company, uh, he's on the board of Steinbrenner Horse Racing, He's uh, George Steinbrenner's son, Hal's brother. Um, he was supposed to be the next boss. He was the guy. I think he played it a little too fast and loose for uh, for the rest of the family's liking, and uh, ended up you know not keeping that role. But it's uh, I don't know, it's a sad day for the Steinbrenner family. I'm gonna be honest. Like I. Maybe this makes me a bad guy, but I was just like, oh, that stinks. And then, like, carried on. I was surprised how long people kept tweeting about it. Nah, see, I, I felt it a little bit. I mean, you hear when CC talks, when A-Rod talks, a lot of our, our former guys that are, are heavy in the media, you know, they always mention the Steinbrenner family and, and how welcoming it is and how comfortable they feel, and that's why they kind of want to be these advisors and these lifelong Yankees, and I definitely think he was a big part of that. But no, you're right. I mean, 2008, he was – it was going to be him, not Hal. And he was just, you know, he talked a lot. He put his foot in his mouth a couple of times. So Hal was like the pragmatic one. And they were like, all right, Hal can be the guy. But I do remember that in 08. Yeah, he was like, he was the dude. And as George was like on his way out, like right when George like couldn't really talk anymore, it was just like, here's Hank smoking a cigarette again to let you know the Red Sox fucking suck. Like as fans, we like we want 
that. Like, that's the guy that we want for what we do in, like, you know, blogging and podcasting. Like, that would have been a wild ride because there are no more, you know, there's George Steinbrenner, there's Marge Schott. Like, there are, there are, there was a point when, like, owners were fucking owners. Like, I own this team. And right. to a certain yeah, extent, right. I got Marge Schott in trouble. I own these players, uh, which she meant in a slavery way, but I'm just talking in a, like, you know, just like you, you do what I tell you to do. Shave those sideburns, Mattingly. And that's what Hank wanted to do. Hank wanted to come in and be like, I'm ripping heaters. I'll hire a private investigator to investigate my enemies if I need to, just like Pop, right, Pop? And right when George was out, they were like, yeah, so we're going to not end up getting me too'd. <laughs> if you remember 2007 Red Sox win the World Series they start their whole Red Sox Nation thing and that's when Hank Steinbrenner his aura was kind of born and he was basically like fuck Red Sox Nation it's still a Yankees Nation we're still the king we're still the Yankees when you walk around America you're going to see Yankees caps and jackets and, and not Red Sox stuff that fired a lot of people up but yeah I mean the guy liked to talk a lot and every single time he was getting interviewed he was smoking a cigarette I don't think I ever saw an interview of him w- without smoking one. He probably didn't even smoke, but he was just like, this is part of the image. I'm out here throwing fucking darts outside the spring training complex. Like, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, when you're the Steinbrenners, I, and maybe some people are going to say I'm like speaking ill of the dead, but like, I'm surprised we never heard about like DUIs or anything like that. I'm just like, yo, I'm a millionaire's son. I'm a billionaire's son. I throw fucking heaters. And guess what? When the old man kicks it, I'm big bro. I'm running the Yankees. Well, speaking of DUIs, it's funny you brought that up. If you remember, Steve Swindle was supposed to be the heir apparent before Hank. He was married to one of one of George's daughter, daughters. Yeah, and Which, he actually like, did get. How do you? If you're the son, like you just gotta be like, we're gonna beat this guy up. You can't come in and right. take the Yankees from me. That's my dad's Yankees. Well, I don't think Hal really – for a while, Hal didn't want it, and I guess George didn't really trust Hank, but Steve Swindle, the in-law, actually did get a DUI, and he got caught, and for some reason they weren't able to cover it up, and they got there was a divorce, and he's obviously no longer in the picture. But he was the original heir apparent, then Hank, then Hal. A little history lesson for you. Yeah, it's kind of um, – I do remember that it was Swindell, and he – and, yeah, the divorce and all that. Uh, and then so it went to Hank, and Hank was just like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to go. And Hal, I think Hal just never wanted to – I think it, it was maybe a dynamic, and obviously I don't know these people, but, like, Hal was like, I don't want to be my dad. Like, I'm trying to be my own man almost. Yes, kind yes, of thing. yes. And Hank was just like, Dad, let me borrow your lighter. I'll be you. <laughs> and your car. Yeah. And if, you're sw- and if you're Swindle, think about what an idiot. I mean, all he he married into pretty much the greatest family in sports, maybe in America, in, in the you know the 21st century. All he has to do is not get in trouble and not not break up, and he's gonna get he's gonna get to be the face of the Yankees, and he gets a DUI. I mean, what a moron! <laughs> Just it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. well, it's almost like you know when you see uh, like NFL players get a DUI and you're like, you just have a phone number. And this is even before Uber. Like the yeah. league pays, the team pays for you to just call this number and they'll send a car. You don't drink and drive. You don't mess around with guns and, and don't beat anybody up and you'll be fine. And, and a lot of them just can't do it. <laughs> and you get to run the Yankees. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sad day for uh, 
for that family. It's weird when people like people are dying in this because there's just like there's no funeral. It's just so that's a bizarre thing because like I know people who I now know people who've died because of this. I know people who've died not because of this, but like in this time frame. And it's just like ah, you can't do it. Where like you got to imagine, you know, Hank Steinbrenner. Uh, obviously member of the Steinbrenner family, member of the Yankees family. But then there's also this whole horse racing side of like their family business that he like ran and that like, so you just got to imagine like this would have been like a huge like memory of life. That's not going to happen now. It would have been in his son, George Steinbrenner, the fourth Hank's son, who I think is around is probably around my age. He actually owns an Indy car racing team. So they've added that. So they have the hotels, the horse racing, the IndyCar team, and the Yankees. Not a bad not a bad portfolio. I flipped uh you know, I flipped a Canadian weed stock today. Uh yeah. you know, so pretty much big business as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're basically the same. I think I made seventy three dollars. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, it's something. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't really have much on Hank. I don't like to, I don't like talking about dead people. I just don't like it. Like even when um makes you uncomfortable or yeah, because even when the uh the the guy from the Angels died last year, I was just like gags, yeah, yeah. yeah I was just like yeah, I don't really know what to say because you don't like know what it is. It turned out like we all thought it wasn't drugs. It turned out to be drugs. Not that I'm gonna say like something bad about him because of drugs, but even in the Hank stuff. Like as I was just like pointing out, like yeah, he likes to fucking throw heaters to be his dad. Like some people may, may be like, like you're you're gonna offend someone. Yeah, no, I, I probably will if if we keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk. We got another solution for baseball this week. We do, and I, this one's way better. This one's a real thing. That's what it is. This could actually happen. Moving everyone to Arizona. This fucking we're shutting everything down. Not going to happen. But as things start to open up, baseball could be on the earlier side of opening up with the current plan uh, possibility is to have everyone return to their spring training complexes and we will play the season at spring training complexes with no fans and we will do a realignment, get rid of the American League and the National League. It will be the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League, and then geographically, so that we're minimizing travel, uh, and no one's going to have to get on a plane, uh, you can then have different divisions, and those divisions would play under American League rules until we got to a playoffs. We don't know what the playoffs would look like. We don't know how many, uh, like, you know, we don't we don't know how many games would even be played because you don't know when this would happen, but we would have three divisions in each league. In the North, the Yankees would face the Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. They would also play the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles, Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, and Marlins, all within the Grapefruit League, but their division would be the Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. Wake me up in October. Because we're already in the playoffs. Can you imagine the schedule in that division? We get first of all, whatever we lose the Orioles, but we get the Tigers. 
or even worse. We get to play the Pirates, who might be the worst organization ever at evaluating talent. Keep the Blue Jays fine, and then our biggest competition is the Phillies? Uh, where do I sign up? We lose the Rays. We lose the Red Sox. We don't have to face Charlie Morton, Blake Snell. I mean, this is a dream scenario if we hit this realignment. Would you be worried about Joe Girardi's revenge? I would not. <laughs> he is the last guy that I'm I'm just about. saying, 2020, this crazy thing happens, and now Joe Girardi's first year back, we're facing him. He in doesn't have the horses that he had here. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, he doesn't. We're, you know, we, we win that division. I forget who did it. Fangraphs, maybe. Did one of those nerd simulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has the Yankees at an 89.2% chance of going to the playoffs based on that. So just starting the season at like 90%. But we would play the other teams in that. Yeah, it would be weighted in some way where it's like divisional. You maybe play some more games. The other the other people in your league, you play, you know, you play, but you play them less. Because when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, we're not going to travel. We only get to play the Phillies, Blue Jays, no, Tigers, no, no. and Pirates. I was like, this is too good to be true. No, no, you play the rest of your league, um, and then they'll have some playoff system. So I think this is, I think this is possible. I think you're dealing with um, – I don't know much about Arizona. You're dealing with the governor of Florida who's a fucking moron. Yeah, he's nuts. Um, and he was just like, yeah, of course professional wrestling is essential. The WWE <laughs> has to be open. Um, so in that, you've got a governor who will be like, yep, you guys can do this shit. You're going to bring some, some business to Florida? Awesome. And then – the only way you could do this would be under like things getting a little better versus the Arizona plan where it was like, we'll be there in three weeks. You know, this, I, I would imagine is like a, a June thing. Right. And, and when you think about it, it's some of the teams really get screwed. I mean, look at the South division, Red Sox, twins, Braves, and Rays in one division. I mean, that's brutal. I mean, we really, really come out ahead. Even the, even the East here, the Nationals and Houston and the Cardinals together. Yeah. That's three, three great playoff teams right there too. I I mean, mean, we we come out better than anybody. The teams that played in the world series are in the same division now. Right. (laughs) Like that's wild. The Mets get fucked. Oh my God. Yeah. They went from just having to deal with the Nationals to getting now the Astros. And I mean the Cardinals aren't a terrible team. No, they won that, they won that division. They won they were a playoff team. Yeah. They got to the yeah, they got to the NLCS. They got as, as far as us and I mean you're basically just splitting up the original plan, right? Instead of having everybody go to Arizona, you're having half the teams go to Arizona, half the teams go to Florida. Well, no, cuz I think the other big difference is they're not saying like this is May. They're saying like when we cuz there's not going to be a light switch and like the world restarts. It's going to be in steps. So they'll be like, they will just break down like classifications of businesses where it's like, you know, maybe restaurants can open, maybe office buildings open, then restaurants or, you know, something like that. And then like with office buildings has to be like daycares. And then there was like another step up until we get, and then it's like, oh, 25% capacity, you know, shit like that places 50% capacity before. Okay. And by having this plan, it gets like 
the Arizona plan was just like, oh, at step one, we're in there. But this it was is like, like just turn the faucet on yeah. full speed. Whereas this is and like, like don't worry, we'll keep it safe. Versus like, oh, when you guys get to step two, we're there. We'll be there. No, I agree. This is a this is a better plan. What are you, are you thinking? What a hundred games here? With this um, or no? 80? So I think if this happened, you're looking at a. I mean, they could stretch it to a hundred, but I think this is the like Fourth of July. Like okay, so this is okay. So we play. That's my thought. That's not based on anything, but I think May is just taken as like it was received so poorly by the public, and then they need time to like get ready. So maybe it's like you show up in June, you give them three weeks. Fourth of July. Yeah, now I, I could see that. Now the thing is, is like so we play. Each of the teams in this North division here, what, twice? And then we play each team in the South and the East maybe once. That would add up to 80-ish if you wanted to do the 4th of July thing. Well, so if you do a 4th of July, though, they keep talking about putting in, um, like, double headers places. So okay. if you're at, like, that, then you can cram in another 20 games or so, depending on if they're just like, oh, well, it gets us, you know, TV revenue because they're not getting ticket revenue. No matter how you break up, the schedule here, it, it is impossible to see a scenario where the Yankees don't win this North Division. It really is. You'd have to squint really hard to try and find out some scenario where we don't make the playoffs under this format. I want to go on the record now that if the Yankees were to do this, I would invest probably a $1,000 into New York Yankees Cactus League North Division champion t-shirts and then store them somewhere for like 20 years. And then when vintage comes back around, uh, everything cycles. Just like, not just like, oh, here's an old shirt that I held on, but like, this is the one time this happened. It'd be the ultimate cycle. It'd be the ultimate cycle there. Yeah. Yeah. Be the one of one. If it's the only year they do it, be the only one. Exactly. So, I mean,. You know, 4th of July is a Saturday, so it could even be like a, you know, Friday night, opening night, like, kind of thing. The only problem is that you have to balance the fact that you have 15 teams. So even uneven number of teams. Someone ha- Someone's off every day. You know who I – we got to give a call to that couple up in New Hampshire. See if they can weigh in here on the new schedule. Cause if there's if there's two people I trust to get this done. <laughs> That's what it is. That's all I trust in this situation. Imagine like uh, I I'm just picturing the league office. Rob Manfred's like, oh my god, I like what are we gonna do, guys? We got to make this way. People are just running around. There's paper flying everywhere. Computers are smoking. Elevator's door open. It's just two old people from Maine who are like, I've got a calculator. We're set. <laughs> And a notebook, a calculator yeah. and a notebook. Because, you know, even if they were to, like, make this happen, there would be teams that are like, well, it's Port St. Lucie Day on August 13th. We need to be home. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about the Mariners in, you know, the fish market season. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like, how do you – because it's tough to make ser- – like, it's tough to do a baseball season without series – it's tough to do ser- unless like every unless there's one point where every team just has like a three day off stretch. 
Yeah, I was thinking maybe you could do to make it even like four games. You could play four game series against your division and then play two game series against the other guys with and get off days in that way. Maybe um, you could also have like some funky shit where like the Yankees play a doubleheader and they're playing a one o'clock game against the Phillies and then they got a seven o'clock game against the Tigers. Interesting. I mean, it's so close. I mean, the Phillies place. Uh, I mean, we've both been been down in that yeah. area. It's maybe twenty minutes. Well, that's what it is. With all yeah. of these, like the furthest is like Lakeland and Bradenton are forty five minutes without a police escort. Um, you know, to get there, so. Why yeah, not? it's not like it'd be taxing for them. They're used to being on planes for three, four, five hours. They could sit on a nice bus for 45 you're not, minutes. You're not going to have to get on a plane for four months. Like, yeah. that's what you're telling these guys. Yeah, there's a bus, but, like, you're riding a bus 45 minutes. You take a car 45 minutes, you know, to get to the stadium. I like I it. I could even see Boone letting them just drive if they really – he's pretty laid back. Yeah, but – I mean, I think you might be – yeah, I mean, I'm sure there would be guys who would too, especially like, hey, you got an off day coming up. Like, yeah, we're playing the Pirates, but we got an off day tomorrow, so we're going down the Siesta Key from the MTV show. Yeah, just do something. Out. Yeah. <laughs> just go see more of the same shit because it's fucking Florida, and it all looks the same. Um, it does. Do you think they do the playoffs down – down there too, or do you I think, think it yeah, would, they would do everything. Everything. So we are, if this happens, we're not going to Yankee Stadium. I, I think we are past the point of okay. we are not going to Yankee Stadium this year. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet, but I, I I know that we're headed in that direction. I think yeah, I think just from a um, you know, f- from a logistical standpoint, like that's where we are. I just don't see – and it sinks. It's the first time I've said it out loud. Like, I guess I've thought it, but, yeah, <sighs> fuck. Like, where Honestly, ho- at this point, if we can watch this on TV, if, we, if, if this plan that I'm looking at, if we can just – if this is on the Yes Network, I, I, I'll take it at this point. If they find a way to, like, make it fun, make it silly, you know, throw more mics on guys, um, I mean, without travel and with this, like, reduced schedule, and I don't know – how it would work for guys like uh you know like a Michael K who's got a family but like just give me more give me like the A squad of announcers at all times i need cone k o'neal that's it now that that is our dream team cone is my favorite yeah i think every yankee fan's favorite yes analyst is either cone or o'neal mine o'neal just because i feel like i paid more attention to his he jumped out to me earlier because I guess to a certain extent he was like just not not good at it. Like he wasn't great. He was so like raw and rough, and he would just like make fun of Michael K for having like not played the game and for just like being a nerd. And I like that. And then I noticed that like coming down, um, I normally don't even go to old timers days so that I can watch him mic'd up in the outfield, <laughs> just like. Cut out of fucking granite. Like, he's still so ripped. Yeah. But he's also, like, 
so self-deprecating. Like, right. oh, I stink. You know, I was never that good. They're like, oh, remember the time when the Daily News tracked you trying to get to 400 every day until, like, late August? And he's like, ah, I stunk. They just threw the ball at the bat. Well, that's his. That was his. That was his attitude. I mean, he'd go four for five and be furious about that fifth at bat that he popped up, and he wouldn't talk about the, the four doubles that he had. Yeah, he's a man. Good thing he. I mean, I am assuming he doesn't drink a lot because I bet if he did, we'd hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> be an angry, be an angry drunk. Yeah. So he just golfs all the time. He's always talking about. About golfing. I think he golfs like six days a week. That something. was always my thing at the first when he would only do like 20 games a year. I was like, oh, I guess like that he pays enough to cover all his greens fees. And like he gets to play different courses by coming out here and getting away from his family. Um, and meet people. And then he also like he's done a, a fair amount of just like, yeah, no. And then the wife and kids came too. I thought I was coming to New York to just like watch a couple games and play golf. <laughs> But, like, no, now i got to go to, like, this play after the game. Like, a Sunday 1 o'clock game, you know, Kay will be like, oh, what are you, uh, what are you doing after the game, Paul? You're going to, you know, get a Twilight 9 in? And he's just like, I wanted to, but then, you know, the, the whole family's here. I don't have the place to myself anymore. And now I'm going to see Book of Mormon. Just a synonym for all the other, all the other dads out there that are pissed off. Do you have a favorite national announcer? Like for they can call Yankee games between like Fox, MLB Network, no TBS, anything. I don't. So if it's not our guys, I like don't really pay attention. There's no like no one bothers me. Like everyone hates Joe Buck, and I'm like, how do you let the fucking guy bother you? That's talking on TV. <laughs> see, I hate Smoltz. So Smoltz, Smoltz, like, Smoltz do, hates I, the Yankees. I just man. see, I laugh them. at, I laugh at that. Like I okay. laugh at because it's just he does such a like. The op, whatever the opposite of a suck job is. <laughs> yeah. It's a, but like for every anyone we're playing, it's everything that everyone says about Joe Buck with every team is smolts with the Yankees. Right. No, and he's obviously bitter about the you know, those World Series. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. Clearly. Yeah. So every time he says some shit that you know, like oh, I forget what he said in Game One of the ALCS. But he said something that really, like, diminished how good Torres is. He was like, I guess he's exceptional or, like, some shit like that. Where at, whenever he says some shit like that, I just picture Jim Lehrer in a home run. And I'm just like, ah, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> but he does that all the time. Like, even when we were up in game three against the Twins about to sweep them. And, he, you know, they, I think the Twins had the base load. And he's like, real chance for the Twins to take control of the series. It's like, dude, they're about to get swept. John, give it up. This guy likes the party, you know? He's just, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta respect that kind of anger and hate and, like, you're in the Hall of Fame, you know, you and did win a World is. Series, but, like, he wanted three World Series, and, like, ah, I don't blame him. I like yeah. a good grudge. Okay, so you like the rivalry. See, I love Bob Costas. Anytime he's on, like, if they're on MLB Network, I'll listen to Bob Costas over, like, the Yes team. I mean, know. Bob Costas is just great. Like that he's voice just great is just like at everything an he does. Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so that's one of the things that I think with. I mean, it happens here. I mean, you grew up in the Philly area. Are you an Eagles fan? Uh no, Giants. Okay, so like Eagles fans here, they they turn off the TV sound and put on like Merrill Reese. Yeah, right? they love Merrill Reese. Yeah, and that's a thing. Like baseball, we have that for TV and radio. Football, I think that that's the thing. It's like they just don't have their local person. Even like in New York, the Knicks, 
it, you know, you got Clyde. And it's just like, let's have a great time. Yeah. You know? Let's have a silly-ass time. Let's see what his suit is. They don't have that, like, local personality, and I get it because they have to have, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're going to get Aikman on the Fox, you know, yep. most of the time. But it's not every time, and it's still a national broadcast. Right, yeah, football doesn't have – that's right, football doesn't have local for, for TV. But, yeah, e- I mean, Eagles fans adore Merrill Reese the way our fans adore Sterling. Like, they absolutely adore that guy. I had never paid attention to it until this year I was driving somewhere. I think they were playing the Vikings, and they got, like, blown out. And he just goes – and it's, like – it was, like, four minutes into the game. And it's, like, well, it's Vikings 17, and the Eagles have not left the hotel yet. <laughs> And I was just like, "Yo, he can talk like that." Oh, uh, yeah, he says he says whatever he wants. He's got a very unique voice too. Yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, I don't know how they'd work it, but like, I think this plan this gets us closer to baseball. Um, and I think it's something that's doable at eighty games. I think it's doable at it could be doable at fifty games. To, like, get us something, but when your plan is, like, here's the plan for May when governors are talking about being shut down until June, like, you're not – it's just not going to happen. And there and yeah, there have been a couple players now who came out and said, like, yo, I'm not leaving my family. So right. We also had a couple of players that said, hell yeah, I'll, I will leave my family. Yeah, and they all live in Brooklyn, and they're all wearing wife beaters right now. <laughs> Uh, these games are going to be in. These games are going to be intense. Like if, if there's only 81 games, can you imagine the intensity? Like Yankee, if we even if we lose three in a row, I mean that is going to be. I think it's full on exciting. Time. I think also if it's at a point where, at least for me, like where I feel comfortable going out and socializing, um, that we have like a BP Philly event in Philly playing the Phillies and it's like, you know, they're also there because none of us are at the games because it's in Florida with no fans. That'd be fun. That'd be, that'd fun. be fun just to take over a bar. Yeah. That'd be a good Yeah, no, that time. would be fun. Phillies fans hate the – I mean, everybody hates the Yankees, but Phillies fans I found really do hate the Yankees. And I'm not sure if it's just because of 2009 or if it's just general hate, but, like, they, they hate us. Oh, well – it's so many reasons. So we never play them. I don't like. I don't. I don't understand it. So it's two thousand nine. You know that that obviously plays a little bit of a role. But even before that, I mean, Philly is a nice city. I love living in it. But like, it's not New York. Like New York is New York. It's the same thing with Boston. Like these are are like little brother cities. Um. People can live down here. Like, we come down here, take up their fucking space. They're not moving up to New York. Or, like, we come down here, and people build buildings here and advertise the apartment buildings. It's like, yo, you can live here, and it's cheaper than living in New York, and you can take Amtrak every day, and it's the same amount of time as taking the subway because subway stinks. (laughs) Right, right. You know? No, there are a lot. I, and I do know of people that even, like, I mean, we've talked about, like, some of the suburbs, like, people that live in, like, even Newtown and commute up to to New York yeah. City via Amtrak and people that live around here and, and commute up there. So, now there there definitely is some, 
you know, downflow from there for sure. But I mean, on a sports side, we never, we never play them. Like we never play the Phillies. I think we've played them in the regular season three times in the past 12 years or something. I yeah, mean, they don't play each other often, but like there's a carryover from like Giants Eagles is such a big rivalry. That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, I would imagine Flyers Rangers, aren't they original six teams? Okay, I know next to nothing about hockey, but that's I think right. they're two of like the older like teams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um and then even, you know, you've got the Devils, I mean they're New Jersey, but they're in Newark, it's close to New York. There's you know, probably some overlap. Um I the Knicks and Sixers have been probably playing each other for forever. I guess it is carryover from other sports cuz I just look at it from a baseball perspective and like we never And we they never also like the- they have beef with the Mets and it's like Yo, if you have, like, a standing beef with some dude, and it's just, like, you go back and forth fucking nonstop, and he's just got, like, a cool older brother that wears sexy pinstripes and wins all the time, you're going to hate that motherfucker, too. Just hate them both, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Like, I mean. Nah, that that makes sense. It is what it is. Um, That would be fun, though. To do like and to play them a bunch of times and be just in a division like you got fucking like a ton of boys who are Phillies fans who you yeah, yeah. Like talk shit to yeah it changes that whole dynamic it would be fun I'm looking forward to it um, with currently no NBA NHL or MLB you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner Bet Online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker to blackjack, and they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. Wow, you can bet on Madden. Hmm. You can still yeah, bet on Survivor. Bet on yeah. But, like, that's not even people playing. Like, they're just doing simulations. Hmm. Interesting. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All are open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So use promo code BetOnline. They're rocking with us through this pandemic. Go bet on some Madden simulations or American Idol. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, like that's up in the air. Oh, yeah, and that thing is congested. Have you ever been live growing up in... (laughs) No! Oh, my God, no. We One day, so I grew up in New York, obviously. I dated a girl in high school. Like My high school girlfriend was from um, Bach. I forget what it's... Like Brighton Beach, like the Brighton Beach area. So it's like a couple stops from Coney Island. Um, And so I spent time out there, uh... But when I was living on the Upper East Side, my wife one day just goes, I was like, oh, what do you want to do today, Saturday? She goes, I want to go to Coney Island. And I go, no, you fucking don't. We went out there. I was like, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare trip. It takes forever to get to. It's fucking so far away, especially from the city. Um you Isn't it at, fun though, like rides and you don't like amusement? Isn't it like an amusement park? I mean, I've never been. Dude, it's not like Six Flags. It's like a county fair. You okay. know, like when your town fair has like the, like the Italian festival, like the St. Anthony festival yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And, and you can only tell because you're like, oh, across the town, I can see that there's a fucking Ferris wheel. Like that's what it is. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Ray Allen pretended to have sex in one of these and he got game. Like that's all it is. We went. And went to a Brooklyn Cyclones, like, half a game. 
had like a couple beers. We went went to Nathan's, went to like half a Brooklyn Cyclones game, rode the like thing. We waited in this terribly long line. It feels terribly unsafe. And I was just like asked my now wife, like, yo, do you want to have sex in here? Like, and he got game. And she was like, no, not at all. And it's just like a tourist trap where it just, you get in your basket and then they hit it and you go one spot. Then people get in the next one until it's full. Uh, then they go around twice. Then you get out. It's just the same thing. Yeah. It, you know, it definitely looks cool driving past, but it, it could be one of those things where it's like, it sounds fun, and then once you get there, it sucks. Like how we talked about, like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll definitely go to the Derek Jeter, you know, Hall of Fame thing, and then it gets closer, and you're like, wait, I don't want to go sit in a hot field with 5,000 other people. Yeah, but there's away. not, like, just heroin, heroin needles all over fucking Cooperstown. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, so first of all, I don't like the beach. I don't like the beach at all. Oh, I don't like the well, beach. that changes everything. I, I don't like the beach for two reasons. One, I don't like sand being all over the place. And two, I don't like to go places that are free because it brings the kind of people that can only go to places that are free. So like Coney Island, that's a free place to go. And it's just like, that's a nightmare. The, the fucking hot dog eating contest. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd rather just fucking go to Planet Fitness and rub my face on everyone's back on a stairmaster. Because oh, it's Does the Emily same like the thing. beach? Yeah. Okay. So do you guys go or no? Not or really. Just, okay. I mean, well, like yeah. I mean, we don't go. We're not like a like beach or like go to the shore like every weekend couple. Um, yeah. like we go to LBI like twice a year, and like one day like she'll go down to the beach. Maybe one day I'll go. But it's also like the beach is so far away from like where home is. I give me a nice pool, I'm in. Okay. Pool, great time. Because when I'm done or when I have to pee or whatever, I it's right there, and I don't have to be like, oh, do I need my flip flops? No, I don't need my flip flops. And then I walk halfway to wherever I'm going. I'm like, oh shit, the sand's hot. Ah ah ah. Like I gotta get to the shady part of the okay. sand. That stinks. See, I'm high maintenance in other ways. Like I won't go camping. I won't go to music festivals or like any of that. Like that's where I draw the line. So you just draw the line like a step. Like the beach is almost as far as I'll go. If in terms of like nature or any of that, I pretty much draw the line at like, will one thing inconvenience me? I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's just not for me. I mean, I'll go to the beach, but it's not – I was never a like, oh, I got to get a fucking shore house. Like, you know, I go to LBI. I go mostly to eat. Cause I we like go to baseball games in the summer too. That's the other thing is a lot of the, you know, best time to go to the beach is, you know, maybe big series with the Red Sox or Houston or exactly. I'd much rather do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I'm actually, I've been looking into buying a shore house, like buying a, a shore house to have and like rent out most of the year, but like as an investment, like, Oh, I got this. Like beach Haven West is really like getting popular, but like, that's not on the Island. So it's like, what's the fucking point? So I've thought about it. And it's like, oh, so then I can go. We're like now having a kid and then hopefully at some point having another kid. Like you need that shit. Like when you have kids, you've got to like do that. But no, no, no. Not a beach person. Okay. Um, What else has gone on in baseball? Oh, um, you embarrassed yourself on the internet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just we'll so, see. All right. I read the title of your fucking thing. You wrote the article, and I like the idea of which member of Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, or Andy Pettit would you 
add to a Yankees hypothetical 2020 postseason roster. I assume we're talking about at their in their prime. Yes, in their prime, and I did specify that. And you called them the core five. The core five, which doesn't exist. The core four shouldn't exist. Why not? It makes no. It, it just makes no sense. Why not? To, to have them without Bernie. Bernie Williams came up before them. He wasn't in that same group. Jorge came up after them. Jorge didn't play his first full season until 98. Jeter and Pettit played their first full seasons in 96, and they debuted it in 95. But he came up um, – he just came up slower than them. But he was in the minor league system with them. He just didn't get to jump up to the big league. I understand they were in the system together. But if you remember a little history of the term of the core four, the, the word or the term the core four did not start until 2008 when they took that picture together at the old Yankee Stadium, September 21st, 08, last game at the old stadium, and it were the core four. Then it really, when it really gained its steam was 2009. During the playoff run, it was used to kind of separate, you know, the homegrown guys from all the pricey additions, the CCs, the Teixeiras, um, you know, all those guys. So once it once it got to that point, it's like, well, wait a second. Bernie, if anything, came up closer to them than Jorge did. He was way better, way more valuable. The other thing, and the other thing is, the funny thing is, Jorge I made his this. first appearance in 95, one game, eight games in okay. 96, 60 and 97. All right, his first full season was 98. Yeah. And and Jeter and Pettit and honestly, when I was looking at this and I was ready to go, you know, debate you hard as shit on this, and I looked at it, and when I, you really look at it, the the true the truth of the matter is is it's really Pettit, Jeter, and Rivera should kind of just be the core three. Yeah, Jorge was after, and and Bernie was before. When you really squint and and do the research, it really should be the core three. So in a way, we're both wrong. So like. But, like, Bernie came up – Bernie played 85 games in 91. That's forever ago. No, he was – he was – he was early and Jorge was late to the but, show. And then the other three were all pretty much the same year. You really should group the three of them kind of in their own – in their own thing if you want to be. I was just tired with of With Ramiro Mendoza. Just with Ramiro Mendoza was in there. He won those World Series. He came up at the same time. Yeah, there's got to be – the bar's a little bit higher <laughs> I'm just saying, Bernie's. You're just giggling not in as there. you mention it. Bernie's not in there. But aren't you tired of like? I mean, you, you're you're older than me. You saw more of Bernie's prime than I did. You, if anything, you should be peeved that Bernie isn't ever mentioned with those other four. No, not right? really. No, Bernie That's... was like. I remember when Bernie was a young player and the Yankees stunk. Like I remember. Just, you know, Bernie Williams was supposed to be, like, the future of this team, and he was a young guy who, you know, in his first year, you know, kind of struggled, but didn't really figure it out until he got surrounded by this great cast. And then started getting, you know, MVP votes, you know, starting in, like, 96, became an all-star in 97. You know? And he got hazed, he got hazed hard by Mel Hall, if you read those stories, like, in the early – early nineties and then Gene Michael shipped out a lot of those guys that were that were giving him yeah, a hard he, time. He got fucked with. He didn't play as like you know, so like two thousand six was his last year and he played hundred and thirty one games but he like, you know, wasn't supposed to at all. I am surprised, you know, in two thousand five he was, you know, batting two forty nine. Still you know, he's still playing, but like at the end I don't know, he wasn't like he just wasn't he wasn't 
the same Bernie Williams. He didn't have the speed. He never had an arm. You know, he was a good hitter, but he had that, like, bunch of years where he was, you know, in 29 home runs, 26, 25, 30 home runs. At the end, he was, like, you know, a 12-home run guy. No, he definitely slowed down like like everybody does. And if you remember 2006, he was mainly really only supposed to DH, but that was the year that Matsui broke his wrist. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, Sheffield, I believe, also hurt his wrist as well. And he, he pretty much missed that entire year. So Bernie ended up playing way more games than anybody thought. And then in 2007, he was invited to camp as a non-roster invitee, and he, and he said, no, I'm not. Oh, out. he turned it down. That's what. Yeah, and, then and he him tried and Cashman to come back in like bat. 2008, right? Didn't he yeah, yeah. Play, he played in like the World Baseball Classic for Puerto Rico. Right, I do remember that. But um, honestly, I was like making that article, and I was like, you know, do I do late 90s? And I was like, ah, core five's quicker. Um, and I knew it would rile. I knew it would rile some people up. Yeah, no. Someone texted me and asked me what it's like to do a podcast by myself from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley only made one and a half million dollars that last year. I'll be honest. Like I've said it about um, Gardner. And because, I mean, Bernie ended up making a hundred million dollars in his career. And I, it is so tough to meet a girl in New York who doesn't have some story of her or like her roommate fucking Bernie Williams. Really? Everybody fucks Bernie Williams. Interesting. He doesn't seem like a so many stories of cheating on his wife. So he's many. the guy playing the guitar, you know, at the pregame or like after people get back from the the bar, and he's like playing the guitar, and girls are like, "Oh, that's really cute. That's really sweet." He's a big fucking yeah. He's a, a big cheat on your wife guy. Bernie. Is he married? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> okay. much. I met him. At Francesca's like bar a thing, okay. Like I went like as a guest of like with with WFAN. So I was like, I I was with him, I think Nancy Newman, and like one of my buddies just like hanging out drinking beers. Pretty weird. Um, He also just like plays music in uh, I like I don't know anymore, but it really wasn't too long ago that he was just like he just played music in White Plains at a bar, like, every Monday at, like, open mic night. Interesting. Like He's he would, definitely around. I see him on – and, dude, he does the national anthem with the guitar. Like, he's everywhere with the guitar. Dude, he shows up. He's probably, like, uh, uh, like wrestlers. Like, no matter how old you get, if you're a pro wrestler and you go to – like, right now, like, Ric Flair is a billion years old. If he goes to a thing – to like do something for WWE where he just well, he's going to go out and be in a suit and like say his daughter's the best or whatever. Yeah. Um, he brings his wrestling stuff. Cause like, you never know when you're going to be needed. And I feel like that's how Bernie is with his guitar, except like he's not the Ric Flair of guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like, all right, we get it, Bernie. We know you got it. We don't need you right now for that. No, he definitely does not leave the house without that guitar. Yeah. Like, um, I don't think he'd even go to Seven Eleven without it. So who would you put from that group on the roster? Because it's not even Bernie Williams. It's not. It's not. You included him. You could have left him out. You really – I like it. I'm proud of you. Just firing people up to fire them up. I did. You know, there's nothing going on. And and my selection was Andy because of the Severino injury. I was like, you know what? 
I love Derek. I love Mo. But if we're going into a playoff series, give me Garrett Cole in game one and let me have Andy in game two as the stopper. And it would just make me a lot more comfortable. Tanaka game three, Paxton game four. Mo would be awesome, but the Yankees' problem in the playoffs hasn't been in the bullpen. Um, and Derek would be awesome too, but you know their middle infield is really strong. And I just think based on this roster, Andy would be the one for me. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably go exactly the same. Like I wanted to – um, you know, argue you because, you know, just for the sake of the show. Yeah. But it's tough to be like, yeah, I'm going to put Glaber Torres, who isn't even at his prime yet. But, like, if I have to decide this today based on what I just saw that he can do, even if last year was his prime, I will take that over what Derek Jeter does. Like a million times out of a million times. Interesting. See, pro- like, if if I was going to get prime Jeter, and I, I said this, I'd slide Glaber to third. And I keep DJ at second because he's so good at second, and, and Gio would be my odd man out. But and then oh, I was even thinking that I was just thinking one on one swaps, not even uh, okay. rearranging. Okay. But Got it. that makes sense. So you'd rather have yeah, yeah. I mean, Glaber, but, Glaber's yeah. awesome. I mean, pitching's been our thing. Pitching's our like issue. And I was and thinking about Mariano. I was you know fantasizing a little bit. You know, Chapman in the eighth, Britton in the seventh, Canely in the sixth, and and but. The bullpen is not where we need it. It would it would be a sexier addition, but I think Andy would help the most, and he's probably like the least sexiest pick of the of the bunch. Yeah, he just fucking loves Jesus and boot cut jeans and winning playoff games. Yeah, and throwing quality starts in the in the playoffs. Like, like he was never yeah. Like to a certain extent, if we took Andy out of that, all right, so Andy's not an option anymore. Yeah. But we but I subbed in uh, to your options there, El Duque. I probably go El Duque. Because I'm yeah, talking the no. playoffs. I'm talking a, a starter in the playoffs. You could take any of those guys. I mean, Cone, same thing. Yeah. Right? Mucina. Yeah. No, that's true. Of this group, Bernie would be my second. Um, just because Hicks, he never, you know, you never know when he's going to play. He's so hit or miss. And, and Bernie was, you know, pretty durable. And, and obviously, I think he's got the most, he's got the second most playoff RBIs of all time, I believe, behind. Manny Ramirez, but he was a stud in the playoffs for us, obviously. Um, so Bernie would be my second. Do you have a second? Um, I mean, I Jeter. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going like, yeah. Especially if I can move Glaber over, like, yeah, I'm going Jeter because like, okay, I love Derek Jeter and yeah. anything to see Derek Jeter play again. You know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> just to see fucking prime Jeter, just showing up every day. Like, it's one of those things where I think I knew while it was happening, like, how good we had it. But, like, just fucking every day you got Derek Jeter putting on the pinstripes, being your shortstop, batting second. Dude, it was awesome. He was just there. And for me, it's like, you know, as soon as I – obviously, I'm a little younger than you. And as soon as I started watching baseball, he was there. And he retired the year that I graduated college. So, like, this guy was my childhood Um, for the most part. Like, you know, his career ended – I graduated, and it's time to be an adult. Like, it was just kind of in lockstep, Dude, and he was just always there. He hit that fucking uh, opposite field single his last home game to win. And I turned to my wife and said, well, my childhood is over. Can I leave a heater in you tonight? Like, there was no reason. I was just going to try to get her pregnant right then. And I right, used the yeah. words, can I leave a heater in you tonight? I'm, am I an idiot? Yeah. But that's how Derek Jeter makes me feel. Fair enough, man. I, I balled that night. I didn't. I didn't. I thought I would. 
I teared up for for Mo, but I held it together so my wife didn't make fun of me. Okay. And then for Jeter, I think I would have if they just kept the lead and won, or like they took him out with two outs. The fact that he hit that walk off, there was like too many emotions. Like I'm the Yankee person for Barstool at the time, so and like Barstool's much smaller, so it's like yeah. I have to do like. You know, right. I was blogging immediately. Right. I was in college and it was a Thursday night and I had been drinking like heavily throughout the game. And, and I don't know if I would have cried sober, but the alcohol was definitely enough to, you know, push those emotions over the edge. Um, but, yeah, no, I remember that. Remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. And at that point, it was like we had no hope. Remember, like the farm system was eh, Jeter was retiring there was really no, there was really no plan. Like that was all we had to look forward to was just farewell tours. Like I'm kind of glad we've gotten past the farewell tours. Like going back to back with Mo and Derek and 13 and 14 took a lot out of me emotionally. I'll be honest. Yeah, and then even just going through those next couple of years where the team was so bad that all they could do was fucking bring those guys out, start giving everyone <laughs> monuments. Right, it's depressing. As yeah. soon as football season starts, especially like that first football Sunday, boom. Yeah. It's fucking Mo Day. It's Jeter Day. Like, who's retiring? Let's do a fucking goodbye for you now. You know, it was just nonstop. Yeah, and that's all sad. they had. They wanted to, and they wanted to distract you from watching, you know, Brian McCann and Kevin Euclid or whoever we had, whoever we had out there. But yeah, no, Derek, Derek Jeter Day. I remember was week, yeah, it was week one of the 2014 football season. Yeah. And I was there, and I remember that was when the fantasy app first came out, and I'm, you know, clapping for Derek, checking my, checking the fantasy app. And at the same time, it's crazy to think that really, like the, you know, one of, or you know, however you want to look at, it, like the last holdover from really just that generation was a Rod that like still played from like just I'm talking that generation of baseball, not just like the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, but you know, obviously finished as a Yankee. Friday night, he's done. Saturday. Fucking Aaron Judge is there, and, and you were at that game, right? I was at both games, and I okay. broke and I broke the news that Jeter uh, that Judge got called up. I remember you talking about a that. guy who worked there in the museum for museum tours, like slid in my DMs and was like, "Yo, Aaron Judge is here," and I was just like, "Are you sure?" And he was like, "He's fucking six eight seven, right? He's unmistakable." Yeah. <laughs> He just went by me on a golf course. So I went with it, and then like two hours later, it really started to break, and uh, David Cohn was like, no, he had it first. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. And it was how was the – How was the? so I wasn't there. How was that Friday night, the A-Rod thing? I know it rained his last game, and like how was that ceremony? It rained, so it was weird because it's what, like the middle of August? Yeah. And so I had tickets in Champions. So it was like by the ball boy – fourth row with like a suite underneath through my company. I had like my company like tickets and, but like I had them, I'd been giving them like two weeks in advance. And with that was, Hey, for our like season ticket holders or whatever, we'd like to invite you to, cause they invite you to shit all the time. We want to invite you to a Q and a with Andy Pettit. So my CEO was like, hey, take these tickets, and then you can also go to this thing. You know, you're a fucking baseball guy. You're the Yankee guy here. Like, wow, do that. that's sick. So then they announce, boom, A-Rod's done. 
so it's like this game just becomes something like way bigger because I'm a huge A-Rod guy. Like this is a way bigger thing. And I'm like, oh, they'll probably cancel the Pettit thing. But they didn't. So the Pettit thing was up in the Party City suite down the fucking first baseline up yeah. in the suite level. And it was like two suites with like a wall that opens in between. And so Andy Pettit like did a fucking Q&A. And just hung out, and I got to meet him and take a picture with him and all this stuff. And there was food, and there were drinks, and then they and then it starts raining. And they're just like, yeah, you can just hang out here. Like, wherever your tickets are, you have those tickets, but you also have tickets in here. Like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And so we hung out in there most of the game until, like, the seventh inning maybe. And then I went down to my seats in the fourth row. So I had two suites, like, worth of tickets and, you know, like, for, you know, whatever. And um, so then I watched the end of the game from down on the field when he, like, went in and played third base for two outs. I do remember that. And so fitting, right? Derek had the perfect, you know, perfect night, perfect weather, walk-off, happy ending. A-Rod gets a rainstorm and a delay. And A-Rod just <laughs> so fitting. A-Rod just needed more at-bats. I hate that. I hate the hate that A-Rod gets among, among our own, among Yankee fans. We are in a 20-year championship drought if it's not for that man. And people are like, oh, he's not a true Yankee. He did steroids. Give me Every break. fucking Yankee did steroids. I don't care about that at all. Dude came back after a year off, hit 33 home runs. And he's 40. Yeah, and then he hit nine home runs in 243 at-bats. So if you were to – like he would have hit 25 home runs if he just got the at-bats. Yeah, he was batting 200. But he would have hit the home runs, and that's what you get A-Rod to do. He just wasn't getting enough regular playing time. You look at some of those numbers, his 05 MVP season with us, his 07 MVP season with us. He was ridiculous, and obviously 09 carried us in the playoffs. If you just look at his, like, stats, it's just the amount of things that are in bold is amazing. Right, right, the bold print leading the league, yeah. Yeah, it's great. He led the league in home runs five times. Fucking great guy, love him. Wish he got together with J-Lo sooner. Um, so kind of late breaking, uh, major league baseball is going to participate in an antibody test for coronavirus. Uh, it's a national test that's going to test 10,000 people. And, uh, so they looked at companies and leagues, like places that already had like a bunch of people all over the place to get partners on this. So major league baseball is going to be a partner with the idea being they have access to thousands of people between players, coaches, you know, major league, minor league, uh, people who work at the stadiums in spring training, trainers, all that shit. They're going to do 10,000 tests. And this isn't to get baseball back any sooner, but it's a test for antibodies. There are two antibodies that are at least two that are created in your body when you have corona, one at the very early stages, another one that kind of lingers. Um, and the idea being that you don't have those if you haven't had corona. So they're going to test all these people that will not have any kind of like name or ID tied to it or anything. Just did this person have corona or did they not? And then they're going to see how many people said they didn't have corona. They weren't tested, didn't feel anything or whatever. That actually turns out based on antibodies they have. So you can get more information about how much this is spread and things like that. Uh, I think people are going to get excited that, like, yeah, that brings baseball back. It definitely does not. It has nothing to do with bringing baseball back. But I think it's good press for baseball uh, to go out there and, and try to help people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, it doesn't bring it back quicker, but it certainly doesn't. It probably won't delay anything. It's, you know, you're being proactive, gathering more information. That can never be a bad thing. Someone has to do this. And like, when they, like I'd rather I do it than rely on someone else. So Right, right. Let, let's let our sport take the lead here. Yeah, no, this is going to help find out. And obviously we've heard a lot about, you know, especially with people our age that, you know, could have had it and not even known it. And that's a big part of what this is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, have tried to say like, oh, do I, you know, maybe I had it and didn't know. But I'm like, I'm in a house of four people. One of us would have had symptoms. Has your brother moved in? He's been in since. Oh, nice, nice. Since like he's been here for a month. Oh, wow. Okay. No, no, I brought him in right away because at a certain point, like, he can't come. Yeah, right, right. You know, because I don't know. I don't know his roommates. I assume they're jerk offs because they're like 25. <laughs> Just assume that. Any tw- I was a 25 year old living in Maniac once. It's- Dude, when I was fucking 25 years old, I would have been the epicenter of Corona. I would have had it. I'd be done. I'd be through it already. I'd be yeah, and, and not caring. You'd be like the video of the kid in spring break. Like, you know, I didn't want to miss out on spring break. I'd be like, yo, I already Screw had it. it. I'd be outside drinkers like tailgating, waiting for them to open. Yeah, I would have had it right away. I'd be having Corona like parties. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. If I'd be having them, but I'd be going to them. I'd go to any Corona party when I was 25 if I already had it. <laughs> Have you ever lived – did you ever live in Maniunk no. in any of the Drexel days or between nothing? Interesting. No, I lived in a dorm my first year, and then that summer I moved right into a frat house. Uh, okay. I lived Dorms. in a frat house until I graduated. Then I moved – You did three years in the house? Yeah. Wow. It's a five-year school. I transferred in. Otherwise, I would have done four uh. years in the house. Uh, I always forget they're on that weird calendar. But, like, my house was sick. Like, you wanted to live in the house. Okay, okay. You got, like, the longer you were there, you got better rooms. So you had your own room. Did you have your own room by the end? Um. So when I so when I moved in, I moved into a room that I thought three people were going to live in. Uh, and then they were like, you got to up the capacity in this house, the alumni, like we got to bring in more money. So it turned into a five person room, Oh my God. which like we were a little on top of each other, yeah. but like we were young, we were young. We were just fucking eating mushrooms, like having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Then me and two of my buddies moved into another room where it was chill because, like, one of the guys uh, had a girlfriend and was at her place all the time. I was at my wife's place all the time, like, at night. So I was like, great. We just kind of have this hangout and, like, one dude lives here. Um, and we were hanging out, fucking eating mushrooms, doing fucking chill shit. And then uh, that one – the guy who was around all the time became president. So he moved out and the house wasn't full. And so I was like, yo, just don't make us take another person. So now it went to, like, I have a double bed lofted. My roommate was going on spring break, and I was not. And I was like, yo, I'm going to pinstripe a wall in my room, like a Yankee thing. And he was like, do not do that. I was like, no, no, I'm going to do it. And he was like, you're just going to do such a shitty job. Like, do not do that. I don't like baseball, and that's fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, you're, you're just like, you're a fucking idiot. And then I did it. But, like, I didn't do it. My wife did it, who was a design and merchandising major. So she measured it all out, boom, boom, and he was gone for, like, a week. And it took, like, a day and a half. And it was fucking sick. And he came back and was just like, all right, this is 
pretty fucking awesome. Like, you know. All right, I like it now. Yeah, yeah like, anyway, I'm not going to let it go. Yeah, like, it clearly took a lot of work and whatever. Um, and I stayed in there until – and then that stayed up for, like, a couple of years. Like, they always a Yankee fan would live in there. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, and then from there, I became president, had my own room. Nice. And then from there, um, I moved back to the original room. There was a five-person room. The house wasn't full. And I swung this thing where I got the kids that were in there and the room was fucking gross out. I had like pledges clean the shit out of the whole room. And I got it so it could just be three of us living in there. Lions and Germ, who you met at Lions Day. Yes, yes. And then we had a um, – so we had this room for five people for just three of us, had a fucking king-size bed. It was sick. Um, and I had three months because I was still – I had just finished being president. Three months until I graduate. I was just talking about this this week, so now the story is kind of uh, rambling. But I wanted to have – we were on like some kind of like social trouble. Like we couldn't have as many parties as we wanted or whatever. And I was like, yo, I'm going to throw – Oh, we couldn't have liquor at parties anymore. And we used to have this party called the Black Tie Blackout. Everyone would dress up nice, and we would just black out. So I was like, yeah, I'm having a Black Tie Blackout um, upstairs. And the guy who was present was like, no, you're not, dude. You can't do that. And I was just like, well, I was just present. You're present now. Like, you get it. It's stressful. I need to relax. I'm doing this. <laughs> and then, like, the guy who lived across the hall was like, yo, I'm in. Like, our room, we're in on this, too. And then there was a room between us, which was one guy who was my old roommate who was president before me, who was like, yeah, like, that sounds cool. So we've got these three rooms, and I was like, you can't, we can't have a party. We're not allowed to have a party, da, 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 whatever. And I go, the house isn't having a party. I'm having a couple people over to my room. And in fact, what I'm going to do is build a wall. So <laughs> I'm the original wall builder. Yeah, first. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm going to build a wall. On the landing, it won't hit the ceiling, so we're not at, like, fire code, but I'm going to build a temporary wall that will make these three rooms one room, and then we're just having a couple people over. So I can't – None of your business anymore. Yeah, I can't do fucking any of this shit. So I get, like, two other guys, and I'm like, all right, we're measuring shit, whatever. We had been, like, T-construction workers for uh, Halloween one year, so it said, like, we screw, we nut, we bolt. <laughs> so now we've just got these T-shirts and shitty – fucking hard hats on going to home depot with like a backpack of beer getting all this shit fucking sawing stuff in the backyard and we built this wall and i had a guy come and graffiti it i put up uh like a um like a sheet to make it look like it was like a cool vip entrance put like a a velvet rope and i get made pledges they had like a rotation so like someone had to watch the like front door of it and make sure people were on the list because I didn't want to throw an illegal party. You had to be on the list. Yeah. And I had another guy watching the bathroom for when girls would go and I invited like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 guys. I was like, give me 20 bucks. You're invited. And I invited a bunch of girls and I got a bunch of booze. One room was a bar. The other one was part of like party. I, I like DJed it. It was, uh, yeah, I was the original wall builder. A lot of work for a get together. Yeah, but it was like a lot of steps. The end of senior year, I got other people to do most of the work. It ended up that people just started throwing parties in their room, and the guy who was president was like, "Dude, people are throwing parties," and I'm like, "I know, man. You're the president. You got to step in here. They're being crazy. <laughs> none of them have a wall or a list. I bet. Yeah, none of them had a list. They're not dressed up. Like we're all in suits. You got to cover yourself if you do something yeah. like that. As long as you follow all the rules. Yeah. So good. yeah, I live in the frat house. And then, um, yeah, I never made it to Maniunk, 
I went to New York for like a couple months and then I was in uh, South Philly for two months on like a sublet and I moved in with my buddies in the graduate hospital and we had an elevator in our house and I put a, I bought a tanning bed on Craigslist and put it in the basement. An elevator in the house. That's sick. How many floors was it? Uh, three and a basement. And so it was kind of cool. So it was like, I mean, you know, the row homes in Philly where you go and yeah. just you open the door and there's just steps right there. Instead of that, there was nothing. And then there was a spiral staircase, but you can't move any furniture in that. So where there would normally be like a coat closet, it was just there was an elevator. And so I would That's sick. take an elevator up to my room like every day, every night. And then, you know, at that age, you're taking Adderall, doing Coke, chugging Red Bull vodka, just all like shit that makes you grind your teeth. And you're just at a bar talking to girls, just like, yeah, fucking elevator, tanning bed. Like, <laughs> fucking, talking so quickly. Wearing fucking rosary beads and right sweating now. profusely. Oh, my God. Talking. Just hair glue running down my fucking forehead. Yeah, not good. Fuck elevator, tanning bed. Yeah. Want to come over? Want to come back to the house? Leave now? Yeah. All right, one more Jaeger bomb with my boys. Pre-Uber. Yeah, and then we put a kiddie pool in the backyard, and it would just be like, who wants to go swimming in their thongs? Want to come back to my pool, they get back, and it's a, it's a plastic pool. Yeah, dude, it was fucking, it was sick. It was sick. Ah, we need baseball. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we live in the glory days here. Right? <laughs> Building a wall, keeping them out. Um, all right, well, I think that's what we got for this week. I stopped doing something Yankees because I just got tired of it. I honestly thought this was going to be like a three-week thing, and it's going to be months, and I don't want to fucking talk to someone every day for months. Um, that's fair, man. I, I, I don't want to say I thought it was very ambitious when you when you launched. I was like, every day, that's a commitment. I thought it was like it's going to be a couple weeks, and it'll like help the site, and it'll help mm-hmm. the podcast, but it is a lot. Like for – I mean, we're lucky that this is just like a part-time job. Like the guy – I mean – I think we've talked about it. like guys like John Boy, like they are just fucking watching old World Series games, That's right? And analyzing them, it's tough. Yeah, if this was all, if this was, if this was it, it would be, it would be tough. And like you know, I've said this to you, like I don't know how. I mean, doing the maternity leave thing, like my job right now, the three four hours a day that I'm working is one of the only things that to distract me. I just start I always prefer it. planning. Like this morning, I got up, I watched a Chris D'Elia special. Then I watched a two-hour like interview of Ric Flair, and then I watched YouTube videos on how to make my own burrata. Like I just start planning. Like now my thing is doing this cooking on Friday, and maybe I'll do that for a couple weeks and get tired of it. Who just knows? Come up with ideas. Yeah, no. I think I'm just gonna. What I'm gonna try to do is because last week I did it. It went like almost two hours, and it's just too long. Um. And then at the end – You were on there for two hours yeah, last week? Yeah. Because wow. it's just like – I was making too many things. It got out of fucking hand. Who else came on, by the way? Kelly Keegs came on for the whole Tuna Tartar. Um, Scott came on. Um, and then – yeah, then I was just by myself. But then Big Cat retweeted it. So it got flooded like right as I'm doing the steak and like the pressure's on. It's like here's you know 2,000 people. <laughs> and he's talking shit to me. So it's like, you know, it, it got it got a little loose. So I think what I'm going to do is instead of like I tried to do, I made fucking mashed potatoes before. I made um, the popovers, fuck those up. 
because I was rushing. The tuna tartare came out good. The filet came out great. The ribeye cooked uneven. Like, I was trying to just do too many things at the same time, where now I'm just going to do one thing, but that has, like, steps to it. So I think I'm going to try to see what stadium eats things I can just make at home. No, yeah, gotta gotta work with what you got, right? That's kind of the theme of every of all these plans and all these ideas, making the best of a, of a shitty situation. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, that's what we got for you. You can follow Nick on Twitter at n Kirby N Y Y, and you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. I will be, uh, I don't know, tweeting shit. I don't fucking know. Follow the podcast at George's Box Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. And then, yeah, this Friday about 5.30, uh, Barada Burger on Bronx Pinstripes, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. It's going to be sick. Um, do you think we have a parade if we win the World Series? Yes. I think the fans. I think the fans would just do it on their own. Right, yeah, we'll just show up. Yeah. You still got a planet, you know? Yeah, like, I guess the pressure's really on fucking me. Me and you will be there. Damn. If it's if it's just us two. <laughs> well, hey, if I got to do it myself, I'll do it myself. Nick will help me, but we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.